Good to be in the house of God tonight, isn't it? And I am glad to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. And glad to be preaching tonight. This is my first sermon since it was confirmed that I have a heart. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited to see how it works tonight. And uh, it's all ticking away. And uh, so I hope it's all going to be okay tonight. We'll see if we still remember what to do tonight. But we want to have a good time tonight. And uh, pastor's on the men. He'll be better this week because my wife took him some biscuits yesterday. And that'll, uh, that'll get him going and uh, he'll be ready to go. But I keep praying for him and uh, praying for all that the family has to do. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on being the pastor and the pastor's family. And uh, But you all help him and uh, you've been a blessing to him and you're a blessing to me. And my son is a blessing to me the way he takes care of me and takes care of my wife. And uh, you as a church praying for us and taking care of us also. And uh, it's, it's just good to be in here and watch you all. I enjoyed hearing the guys preach. Um, I, you see, this is just, I can't lose. This is, this is an investment of my whole life, and you're still, you're still going with it, and I appreciate it. And uh, I enjoy all of it because it's, it's part of me, and I'm glad to still be part of it. So uh, take your Bible tonight and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, Pastor and I, all we did yesterday was text. Um, my wife went over there, but I, didn't, I did not go. I stayed at home, and uh, we were texting back and forth, and he told me, he said, now, you take it easy, okay? He said, uh, don't preach too long. Now, I just want to stop, and let's look at the humor of that statement. Especially those of you who were pastored by me and pastored by him. Don't preach too long. And then I said, okay. And then he says, somewhere between me and Terrell Hopkins. And I thought, my soul. I didn't text him, but I was thinking. I said, man, you just left. I can preach half the night. And I'm going to preach between him and Terrell Hopkins. And uh, I've been in Brother Hopkins when it, it was mighty late when you got out, I'll tell you. But I'll try not to keep you too long tonight. But if we add pastors and Terrell Hopkins together, that would be a late night tonight. So uh, I, I don't want to do that, though. But I am going to read a lot of verses tonight. And uh, I wrote all these things down today because I think they're important. And uh, let's, let's look in our Bibles. Hebrews 10 and verse 16. Uh, Hebrews 10 and verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after... Those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Wow, we ought to stop right there and just praise the Lord a little bit right there. Their sins and iniquities remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. No more offering. I don't have to make an offering anymore. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Access we have into the holies, the holy of holies, by access of Jesus' blood. Oh, what a wonderful thing this is that Jesus has done for us. He says in verse 20, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, 
having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, he says, hold fast your profession. He says, provoke each other to good works. And then he says, not forsaking. And right before that, when he says to good works, there is no period there. So this is all part of the same thought. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, we shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense with the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I'll stop there. But tonight I want to preach a sermon to you that uh, it sounds like heresy to begin with. Uh, I'm going to preach to you tonight on how to be saved by attending the Emmanuel Baptist Church. How to be saved by attending the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would give me the words to speak tonight to be help and encouragement. Thank you for this wonderful place. Thank you for the wonderful people here. Thank you, Father, for all the blessings through the years that this place has had. Thank you for the pastor here now, and I pray you'll bless him tonight. Touch his body and give healing and strength. And Father, continue to give him wisdom and power and unction as he preaches the word of God. And help us all tonight, Father, to rejoice together that we're your children. We get to have a wonderful church like we have. And we have heaven to look forward to tonight. May no one leave here discouraged tonight. May all of us leave here tonight encouraged by the house of God. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Being saved by attending the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Of all the good things that have happened to me in life, I told Brother Farber, this is really just for looks now, because I can't really walk very far. <laughs> but uh, I'm holding it anyway. Uh, going back to my yesteryear, holding the microphone. But uh, I, I, I want you to know, every good thing in life that's ever happened to me is because of the church. And if you think about it, it's you also. I'm saved because of the church. My mom and dad were saved because of the church. Our whole family was saved because of the church. You were saved because of a church somewhere. And God's blessed you because of that. And God has blessed your family because, through that. And my wife is a blessing from the church tonight. She was raised in a church. And uh, because of that church, I have a wonderful wife tonight. Because of those churches, you've had us as a pastor. And you've got the pastor you have tonight. And every good thing in life happens at the church and through the church. The weddings, the homes put together, when there's sorrow, 
those who stand by you and stand with you and lift you up and hold you up. When you're discouraged, those who encourage you are at the house of God. God has given us a wonderful, wonderful church. The church was given to, given to us by God as a wonderful gift to us. And uh, it was given to us for comfort and insurance and assurance in this world that we live in. Uh, where do you get comforted at the house of God? Where do you find assurance at the house of God? And that's always the answer, the house of God. Uh, and how you spend your time on Sunday, the Lord's Day, shows how you really think of God. We have come to the place that it's no longer Sunday we talk about, it's the weekend. Can't wait to the weekend. How about can't wait to Sunday? Can't wait to Sunday. Sunday used to be an important day in the life of America. Sunday used to be a day when, back in the dark ages, uh, when we had electric cars, you know, that you crank them up and they run like that and all that. You know, Dr. Farber, your day and my day. Uh, boy, uh, everybody went to church. I mean, you couldn't even buy gas on Sunday. You couldn't go to the drugstore. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go get a hamburger. Sunday, it was lockdown city, and that was Atlanta, Georgia. Lockdown. And there wasn't going to be any place open. The church was over, and if people didn't go to church, they hid in the house. Nobody wanted to be known as a person that didn't go to church. But how different our day is today. It's not Sunday. It's the weekend. Church pews have been replaced by stadium seats. They have been replaced by movie seats. They have been replaced by hunting stands. They've been replaced by fishing places. They've been by picnic places and the beach and the lake and the boats and all the things that capture the attention of man today and we have seen a decline in society and a decline in our country since church attendance has changed from being a necessity of life almost to being something no big deal. No big deal. Sunday is coming and it's here today. We ought to be excited about the Lord giving us Sunday every week. Sunday reunions take up our Sundays now. Picnic tables. There's no fear of God in our land anymore because the church is ignored. And the church is just brushed aside, not important. But that happens because the people of the church do not love the church like they should. You see, we need to come to the conclusion and understand that this church... Is God's will for all of us. This is God's will. What goes on on Sunday here is the will of God. I want to know what the will of God is, preacher. Okay, be here on Sunday. That's a good start right there. I mean, the will of God is not hard at all. And I hope I can show you some of that tonight. But we tonight need to understand, my life has been saved from heartache because of the church. Your lives have been saved from heartache because of the church. 
People in this choir, you have not had heartache like people have had because of the church of Jesus Christ. What you were taught, what you were heard, uh, what you gave your trust and your faith and your investment in. The church of Jesus Christ is the greatest place in the world. And you can be saved by church attendance. Now I'm going to tell you what I mean tonight. You can be saved tonight from doubt of your salvation. You can be saved from doubt of your salvation. I never have doubted my salvation. I've never gone to bed at night crying, frankly, thinking I was lost maybe and I was going to go to hell. I've always had assurance of my salvation because I heard it reiterated and taught every day of my life at home and then I went to church all the time. And I've always had an assurance of salvation, but some people have not. And when you're struggling with the assurance of your salvation, and that could be you tonight, it's something that's a, a catch-22. It's the reason you want to go to church, and it's the reason you don't want to go to church. Because it's turmoil either way you go, either decision you make. And that is a miserable place to be in a place of doubting your salvation. But when you go to church on Sunday, guess what? You won't doubt your salvation. You know why? You're going to see people saved. You know what? You're going to be around people just like you. And they're going to open a songbook and they're going to start singing. They're going to start singing about salvation, about heaven, about the promises of God, about the blessings of God. And guess what that does to you? It just gets you churning inside. And it pumps that assurance into your soul and pumps that assurance into your mind and heart. And that's what you need is what we all need to be reminded of the greatness of our salvation. And the way to never doubt your salvation is every time those doors are open back there, come in here. Sometimes you stagger in. Sometimes you walk in. Sometimes you didn't know if you'd get here. But the main thing is you got here. And God gives you the assurance that you need when you see what goes on at the church. And when you see how God blesses you so much. And then you think about your salvation. When you see somebody else get saved, it makes you think about your salvation. You see somebody being dealt with, it makes you think of your salvation. You start singing about salvation, you hear everybody else singing about salvation. It's making you think about when you got saved. Started making you think of the blessings and the benefits of your being saved. See, the reason people doubt their salvation is they don't have the right relationship with the church. Or they don't have a good church to have a right relationship with. But I'm saying if you attend church faithfully, especially at this church here, you're not going to doubt your salvation. I mean, the first service in here, you'll get plugged. I mean, there's no escaping it. This is a gospel-preaching church. This is a Bible-believing church with a Bible-believing pastor. And you're going to hear about salvation. And you're going to be put on the spot, which is a good thing because the more you say it, the more you tell it, the more you sing it, the sweeter it gets. Oh, do I always have to talk about salvation? What's wrong with you? Why don't you want to just talk about salvation? That's the greatest thing in the world and something we all can rejoice about. So you can be saved attending the Emmanuel Baptist Church from the doubt of your salvation. There are other things, though. Just think about the invitation. That's why the invitation. Let me throw in some things to chase around. If you know I'm going to. During the invitation, that ought to be the time we all get serious. And think about when you got saved. And when you got saved, that everything was just right so you could get saved. If you got saved at church. That's why during the invitation, it's not the time be moving around everywhere. 
making noise when everybody ought to be still. Everybody ought to be praying. Everybody ought to be sincere. Praying for people. See somebody come and they're kneeling this altar. Oh, we ought to start praying for them. And praying for them to have the liberty of the Holy Spirit to work in their life and heart. So the invitation, all these things will keep you from down your salvation. Secondly, if you attend the Manual Baptist Church, you can be saved from defeat in service. In service. Verse number 24, let me read it again. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto good works. Now, I'm supposed to provoke you to good works. You're supposed to provoke me to good works. We're supposed to provoke each other to good works. And uh, we're to do this, and we're to do it at church. He says it here. And if you need another verse, Ephesians 3.21 says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. So how long will we get glory, glory to God in the church? Forever. Hey, these people today trying to tell you the church is irrelevant. They're, they're Satanistic. They're not godly. Hey, the church of Jesus, Jesus died for the church. Shed his blood for the church. Don't you throw off on the church. And I'm going to tell you tonight, uh, we, we live in a, in a land today where uh, we, we think people go around all the time talking about they can, they can serve God here and they can serve God there. You can't serve God but one place. And see, that's why, but you say, somebody say, I'm going to tell you, do you know what? That's the best excuse you have. Do you know, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Pete, this is another thing people always say is hard to do. It is easy to serve God, Brother Farber. It is easy to serve God. You say, well, how, how is it easy to serve God? Number one, you just come to church. Here you are. And uh, uh, then you, the, the song leader says, take your song book and turn to page so-and-so, and you turn to page so-and-so, and you start singing. Guess what? You just obey God. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. And uh, you're praising the Lord now. You probably hadn't done it all week. <laughs> but you're praising the Lord. Even if you did, it won't hurt you to praise Him again, will it? And we lift our voice in praise. That pleases God. We're praising Him. You come to church, you just praise God. You get in here and you're praising God. Uh, and you have anticipation about everything that's going on. Uh, Why? Wow, you got Sunday school class you can go to, and you might be able to teach a Sunday school class. That's serving God. There's soul winning to go to. Uh, there, there's a bus ministry to get involved in. I'm trying to help you. You want to serve God? You really want your life to count for God? Uh, the nursery ladies. Oh, don't ever make it a problem in a, in a church. One thing I was always proud of this church about, never was a problem getting nursery workers. Never was. And uh, it should never be. Because we ought to have a servant's heart and want to help people and want to see the church blessed and see the service. So a place to serve God. We just have to become willing to serve God. And we come to church and we can serve God at the house of God. On those work nights, men show up. You say, well, I can't really do anything. Now, I'm told to stay out of the way, but uh, uh, you, you, you can come. Just, just, just hang around. That's what is good. Ladies, when there's a ladies, ladies are the worst at this. I don't want to go to that. 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 I'm telling you, you ought to go to it. I don't want to hear your excuse. Go to it. You know why? You're supposed to provoke somebody to good works. If you go, you can provoke somebody to good works. You encourage somebody else. It says, they had time to come. As busy as they are, 
They had time to come. See, if you're not careful, we get selfish. And we, we everything becomes a duty. Everything becomes something I have to do instead of I enjoy doing it. But if we keep ourselves in focus and be the kind of person that says, I'm going to go be a blessing to somebody. I'm going to go speak a word of encouragement to me. I may feel like I can't encourage anybody, but I guarantee you get around a few of God's people and you'll start feeling good. You'll get a smile on your face where you didn't think you could. And we can serve God. Hey, the church is the place to serve God and scripturally it's the only place. If you want God to bless you and you want to have rewards in heaven, this is your church. Serve God. Get busy serving God. Come to the house of God. Get involved in things. Boy, it'll save you from things. It'll save you from being a God robber too. Because they're going to marry those envelopes whether you want them or not. And they're going to make a big deal about the offering. But you know what? It's for your benefit. It's for your help. It's for, it's for the help of others. And that's why we've got to realize uh, we want to serve God. You can be saved from your lack of service and your failure in service by attending the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Well, I gave you two good reasons to be a church member here already. And you ought to be a church member. Listen, if you're not a church member here, you ought to be one. I, I don't get this. People taking weeks to pray about joining a church. You ought to have an idea what kind of church it is before you walk in it. And if it's a Bible, see, don't look for a program. Don't look for something the kids like. You come and the first thing you look for is that right there. That right there. And look for somebody who can teach you and preach to you out of it and help you. And everything's here, so there's no need to pray anymore. Just fill out the card and be quiet. It'll help you to provoke others when you come to church. You don't think it provokes? Brother Farber provokes me. Because hey, Brother Hudson provokes me. Miss Hudson wants sympathy. She's not on her foot. Yeah, that shoe on back there. But uh, uh, you know people have ailments and heartaches and burdens. And you see them go on with a smile on their face. It provokes you. It provokes you to keep going. It provokes you to do what you ought to. It provokes you not to whine as much. It provokes you just to suck it up. Look at the Sallies. They're 127 at least. And they keep going and going and going and put us all to shame. But you know what? That's what it's all about, provoking somebody. That's why you say, I want to quit. I'm nobody. Yes, you are somebody. Mama, huh? You're not quitting. How many times have I had to tell you that? And I tell her, she's not quitting, I'm not quitting. I'm preaching, I'm going to quit. No, you're not. You don't get to quit. You don't get to turn aside. Hey, this is the house of God. God gave us to serve God in. And boy, we ought to let everybody provoke. Somebody stands up here and sings, they provoke you. You say, well, they don't sing so well. Well, let that provoke you. Just be provoked to do good. They all sound good, though. They provoke you to take some singing lessons or something. I don't know. Dr. Farber's available if you want to see him. The house of God, number three, will save you from the deceit of Satan.
being a member of this church, you're never going to be deceived by false doctrine if you pay attention at all. Just the hymns can keep you from false doctrine. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. We're not supposed to waver in what we believe. Thank God we have a Bible that stays the same. When you hear that over and over, there is the Bible that never changes. And, and sometimes I say, well, I just want to see what those other ones are like. Well, why? You'll be looking at books you shouldn't look at either after that. Wow, you don't care about that. Uh, you, you got the real deal, the Word of God. It's what saved you. It's what's preached out of this church. And you've got to realize you're saved from the seat of Satan. And you've got a pastor who preaches to you and is here for you to keep you from falling into false doctrine and error. It happens all the time. Pastors, of course, has taught a lot and preached a lot about the emerging church. And how important that is. Satan is the great deceiver. And he wants to deceive you. Don't fall for his fruit. One of the popular things tonight is the internet pastors. You better not have no internet pastor. Don't let me know if you have one. I'll backslide. Ruining churches, stirring up trouble in churches. Hey, there's nobody, there's not but one person that's your pastor. Pastor Greg Neal is your pastor. He's the only pastor you have. I know all these churches, they have multiple pastors. I tell them, you're going to meet this is the pastor so and so, this is the pastor so and so. I sure do miss the old days when one man could do it all, or one or two could do everything. I said, you got to realize there are people out to deceive you. Well, he's such a good Bible. Who says who? Because, number one, I'm not taking your word for it because you've already shown me you're not the brightest cookie for listening to him. Uh, you, you listen to people say, well, you can be deceived. That's why you've got a church. Where do you get your preaching at? At Emmanuel Baptist Church. Or wherever the pastor says, we want to go visit somewhere. But you get your preaching at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And if you preach, get your preaching here, you won't get messed up. You say, well, what if somebody preaches something different? Then you should feel sorry for them that they're just not as smart as your pastor is. It's that simple. Hey, you ought to believe you have the best pastor because he's true to this book. And if he's in this book, we've got to, you've got to stand by him and stand with him. But you'll be deceived by, the, by Satan. That's why we have all these false doctrines. How do you think all these Baptist churches are going Calvinistic? False doctrine, I've said this many times during the years, false doctrine doesn't come floating in your window one day. They just decide to sit down there. False doctrine is acquired. It's acquired by listening to things we shouldn't listen to. By reading things we shouldn't read. By putting ourselves in a place where we can be put in turmoil. That's why you don't need to get your answers from the word of God. But one place. You do not need an internet pastor. 
You don't need to listen to false doctrine. Well, I just want to know what the Mormons believe. No, you don't. I want to know what the Jehovah, I just like to study what they believe. That's because you're, you're not studying your Bible. Pastor's been nailing you the last few weeks. You're not studying your Bible, and you don't know your Bible. You wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to know anything about them. But we have this mindset that we need something more than the church, and I'm trying to get you to see tonight, you don't. The church will save you. The church will save your family. The church will save your life. If you need an understanding of the times, go to church. Everything's going to be okay, folks. I've been around through a lot of presidents, a lot of congresses, so many others of you in here. And you know what? We survived all of them. You say, well, I, 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 I want to panic. No, there's no panic. That's why you come to church. Do you see any panic in here? Anybody worried in here? Anybody wringing their hands in here? Everybody afraid in here? No. We're not trusting government. I think we should stand in the right place. We should vote right. But we're not trusting government. We're trusting God. And we want to hear from God. We want to hear from the Word of God and the man of God. We're not panicking about life. Life is great. I said I've had a great life. Well, the church, I have lived a great life. If I die tonight, I have no regrets about my life. I love life still. I still excited about life. I love getting up every day. I love living and, and breathing, and I love going about my business. I love to live. I'm going to heaven, but I am not in a hurry. I am not. If you go, I just want to go on to heaven, I'll quit your pity party. I remember one time Bill Burr was talking about, I want to go to heaven. He's crying and all and all. And Brother Howes got up after him and said, Bill, you're a liar. Because he said, you were just talking about how you love shouting and praising God. And it's the greatest thing in the world. All, and now you just want to leave it all and go to heaven. You're lying. Now, none of us really want to go to heaven. Now. We all want to go, but not now. And uh, we all believe we're going, and, we, and that's wonderful. We're supposed to believe it, but we're not signing up for a ride tonight. So enjoy life. You know why you can't enjoy life? You don't enjoy church. I'm trying to get you, this is the most simple thing I'm giving you tonight. A, a first-year preacher could do this tonight, but it's where Christians miss it. It, it, it. The Christian life is so simple, and we make it so hard. Simple. Go to church. Well, can't you tell me something else? Well, there's no Bible written just for you. It's written for all of us. So, but it tells us all to go to church. Go to church. Go to church. You want to help somebody who who's, you feel like is dropping out of church? Get them to come to church. You know what? God is going to speak to them in the church quicker than he is. You having a two-hour conversation with them. After you talk to them for two hours, they'll probably be confused and never come back. Hey, get them to the place. This is a hospital. Get them here. Get them here. And let them come here. the word of God. Meet people that love God. Feel the presence of God in their life. Come to the place where you can find an understanding of the times. In God's house with God's word. We live in a world today where everybody's 
worried about everything, politics, the gangs, the drugs. And we could go on and on and think about so many things tonight. But we're to keep the church a place where people can come for a refuge. This is a refuge. You got some scars? You've been wounded? This is where you need to be. Well, I just don't feel like being there. Well, come on anyway. If you're physically able, you can move, you can walk. Come on anyway. Come get something at the house of God. Come drink from the fountain again. Come rejoice in the Spirit of God and look forward to that day when we all shall stand on the shores of glory and sing together and rejoice together. Let's get to practice for heaven. Don't miss your practice. That's what we do every week when we come to church. We're practicing for heaven and that heavenly choir that we'll all be in one day. But this world of panic is not for us tonight. We're being saved by our church. The church is not to be like the world because it's got to be a refuge. You hear that often. It's so true. Church doesn't need to be like the world. We don't need any of the music of the world. We don't need any things of the world to attract people. We're not in the business of attracting people. We're in the business of preaching the gospel to people. We're in the, we're in the business of helping people. And so we've got to keep our distinctiveness and our difference. And we've got to let people see when they come here. There's something about this thing of being a Christian. Because everybody in the world, I'm so sick of these stinking politicians talking about God and the Bible. All of them are. Well, the Bible says, oh, shut your stinking mouth. I mean, what does, what does any Democrat know about the Bible? Brother, Mayor Pete, well, no matter what Bible you like or use, you can, uh, you can read it, and uh, your, your spirit of grace in you will explain to you what it means. Well, Get this one, Mayor Pete. Read the King James Bible and you're going to hell. Joe Biden in the Bible, really. Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I mean, all of them. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. It has no place. No place in politics anyway. The church has no place in politics. We have a play. We're, we're, we're gospel warriors. We represent the gospel. That was free. All right. I got to hurry. We're saved from the deceit of Satan by being in the church. The church has saved me from so much. And number four. Four. This is four, yeah. I've learned the significance. The significance. I didn't teach him that. He taught me that. For we're saved from the discipline of the Savior. Sometimes people say, well, I believe God's chastening me. No. no. If he was, you wouldn't have a doubt about it. But God will chasten us, and the church helps us to avoid that. He will discipline us when we're wrong. Look at verse 26 again. I'm going to read some verses right quick. Verse 26, for if we sin willfully, 
After we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Wow. You better be careful about sinning willfully. If you know you're supposed to go to church and you just refuse to go, what is that a willful sin? It certainly is. It certainly is. Uh, if you know you're supposed to be serving God, you don't do it. Is that a willful sin? Yes, it is. If you're supposed to praise the Lord and you're not doing it, that's a willful sin. Anything to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So what's the best way to avoid that? Go to church. <laughs> Go to church. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Woe, if you think it was something what God felt about those who disobeyed him and Moses had to deal with them, think about you if you just stomp on the blood of Jesus. Stomp on his word and, his, and, the, and what he's told you to do and his promises. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Do you believe that tonight? We say we do. But do we believe it? If you believe it, it affects your church attendance. If you believe it, it affects your giving. If you believe it, it affects everything you do in the Christian life. The call to remembrance, the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you become companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence which hath recompense, great recompense of reward. Paul said, you helped me make it. I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. He says, you helped me make it to church. I had needs, and you sent to it. You provided for me. He says, now let me encourage you in verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. What's he saying? Don't cast away your confidence. Where's your confidence? God's house. God's house. It is important where you go to church. Hey, it's important where you are. It's important for your family. It's important for the, the future. It's important for your needs being met spiritually. and Your needs being for you. And, and you come to the house of God. You come to the place where you're loved like you are. People always say, well, you can't go to a church like that one unless you're like everybody else. Boy, that is not true. Is there anybody else in here like you? Oh, never mind. Uh, uh, we, 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 we're going to go there. But everybody's different in here, but we're all here for one thing. We're here for hope. We're here for clarity. We're here for encouragement. We're here to have the strength to keep going and do what we're supposed to do and face our Savior unashamed one day. We're here to help each other. That's why you come to church, to help you. There's somebody that looks at you 
when I was pastoring, there was many times church members said to me about somebody, they're my hero. They're my hero. I said, what do you mean a hero? Because I look up to them. And many of you are still sitting here. I look up to them. And there are people who come to church just because you do. You know why it's always true and people say it's not, but it is. Anytime anybody leaves a church, others follow. You know why? Number one, you become a stumbling block to somebody. But number two is they were disappointed by a hero. You'll be surprised, choir members, how many people can describe you as you sing in that choir. You don't think nothing about it. But there are some people, it's very important. You look out here in this audience, I know your pastor, you, as a pastor, you immediately notice when somebody's not there. And you immediately say, what's going on? What's happening? People say, well, I don't want anything. No, you do. That's what you'd want your pastor to think. Well, what's wrong? What's going on? Are you okay? We're all somebody's hero. And we ought to take the responsibility tonight to realize how easy it is to serve God and quit making excuses. Look, all of us in here God's probably the only one that won't any of us. But we're all somebody to him. But you're somebody to somebody else. That Sunday school class you have, you're a hero. Don't you take that class if you're going to hurt them. On a bus route, you become a hero. Don't take that route if you're going to quit it. Or you take that job as an usher back there. You say, come on, preacher. People love ushers, yet God loves ushers. I didn't say people love them. I said God loves them. But uh, uh, th those guys, those guys, like they're, they're, you know what they're doing? They're serving God, and they feel that way. You know what's an important job? Every job in God's house is important because this place was made, and we're in this place tonight so that all of us can serve God. So you can't ever say, well, there's just nothing for me to do at the church. You need to just, number one, start coming to church, and you'll get your eyes enlightened. But tonight, you just sit here, and you don't get it. Not everyone, but there's some of you still don't get it. The great things that are going on. The future. You never think about the future. I won't be here to see all of it, but I, 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 I get excited about thinking about it. We've always got to believe in the future. We've got to always have hope. We've got to always keep going. We've got to always go on. And tonight... If some of you have been going at it a long time, but you're still here. Stop and count the blessings you've got through your life. Oh, there's been disappointments. There's been heartaches. There's been times it was hard. But tonight you can sit back and count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord's done. This is a place of miracles. There's miracle lives here tonight. God has miracles for the future. If you've lost your joy in coming to church, I want you to get it right tonight. I want you to get it right tonight. If you're not as excited about the way forward as you were, I want you to get that right tonight too. 
He said, if I'm losing, I'm not as excited as I was. Well, get in like you were. Get in like you were, because if you don't, you'll be out. And oh, the sad stories of those who go out. Tonight, let God speak to your heart. Your family needs you to stay in church. Husbands, your wife needs you to stay in church. Wives, your husband needs you to stay in church. Your friends need you to stay in church. Your friends that are sick and ill and they're fighting a battle with their health, they need you. They need to know you're praying for them. They need to know you care. That's why we ought to go out of our way to speak to everyone we can, to make everyone feel welcome, to make everybody feel important, and let God continue to bless our church. But you can be saved. By attending Emmanuel Baptist Church. You can be saved from a lot of things. Let God speak to our hearts tonight. Let's bow for prayer.